This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Of course, it's foolish for me to expect you to understand that. 
since I suppose you have been in this jungle all your life. Jungle, same as many jungles. That's just it, my skin. You put it briefly, but very much to the point. The jungle is the jungle and won't change. As long as I am with you, I'm safe. But what about Daddy? Mr. Philander, Cecil, out there looking for me. Cecil? Cecil? Oh, of course. Stupid of me. You don't know Cecil. Father, out in jungle, no more white skin. Jungle kill, Father. No kill. Jungle no kill. Father got gun. But white skin, you don't know Father. Just when he's most liable to need a gun, then is when he will most certainly forget it. Tarzan does not quite know what to make of Jane's statement. However, he's been turning over in his mind a thought. Now, if he can only express it in words, Jane will understand. Jane, Father, go Gomangani hut. Father, go man hut. Gomangani hut? Father, go. You mean that Father might be the cannibal village? Village? Village. Mini hut. Yes, nightman village. Nightman? Yes, white skin, day man. Jane, day woman. Gomangani, nightman. Gomangani, nightman. Oh, black. Night is black, I see. Black man, white skin. Gomangani, black man. Father, go many hut. Billy, black man. You may be right, white skin. And if he has... <laughs> Jane's thought and speech are interrupted by the arrival of Tog, one of the great apes of the tribe of Kerchak. The hairy monster swings from the overhanging branches onto the platform and talks to Tarzan. <laughs> Kerchak, whom left? Tack. Come back, quick. Oh, White Skin, I, I hate to be left, even if things are quiet. Jane, no frighten. White Skin, talk. Talk. Talk, stop. You mean, Talk will stay here with me? Yes. Talk, thunder. All right, but White Skin, come back quickly. And Tarzan nods his head as he has. He swings off into the trees in the direction of the dum-dum, where a disagreement between two bull apes awaits his solution. In the cannibal crowd, Professor Porter has just lowered the gourd of poisoned liquid from his lips. There's a strained half-question and expression in his eyes. The others, Clayton, Melander, Darno, are watching him in tense, nervous silence. The witch doctor says you are the next monsieur Platon medicine, Professor. Let's get it over. It's getting on my nerves. To me, I shall drink. Black bile, sorry. Here, monsieur Platon, It smells like sulfurated hydrogen. It tastes worse. I'm shy. Professor Porter hands the half-empty gourd to the witch doctor. The witch doctor takes the gourd and, with an evil smile twisting his grotesque features, he drinks. I do. Stop the poison. Do not be too sure of that, monsieur. Do not be alarmed. I do not think it deadly. I'm not. If the witch doctor can drink it, I can. But I, I, I feel slightly may. I want to go to sleep. Oh, you such stuff that had that effect, Donald. You must uh, control your faculties. Do not permit that feeling of sleep to overcome you. Keep moving. Keep moving. If you do fall asleep, nothing can save you. Professor, can you take more poison? Uh, why, yes, Delander, if it's necessary. I have a scheme in mind. Darno, ask for a second gourd. But, Monsieur... You and I ask. We'll finish this witch doctor once for all. But yet. Not aware. What the time? I shall drink last. You don't have to drink much this time. The native hands the freshly filled gourd to Professor Porter. Every eye is fixed on the group as the professor pretends to take a long drink. He passes the gourd to Clayton, and the Englishman, hiding a grimace behind the uplifted gourd, drinks. 
Dono takes the poison from Clayton, drinks, and passes it to Philander. As Philander lowers the gourd from his lips, he drops something into the liquid. Now he hands it to the witch doctor. The horrible-looking figure raises the gourd in his scraggy, twisted hands. A reddish yellow foam bubbles up in the gourd. It runs down the sides. The witch doctor stares at it aghast. He looks at Professor Porter, then holds the gourd out to the native who bought it. <laughs> Blacks insist that he drink, monsieur. What did you do, Flat? Few tablets, nothing dangerous. I take one occasionally for my headaches. Half a dozen will have this witch doctor and have an immediate effect on it right away. The witch doctor is sucked out of his wits. The natives are apparently insisting that he drinks. The faint dog's medicine man glares vengefully at the yelling natives and at Professor Porter. At last, with an effort, he raises the gourd and drinks. He throws the thing from him. His black lips are streaked with yellowish foam, and he throws himself to the ground, groveling. Quick, quick, Dono. Before he finds out he's not going to die, tell the people that we will cure him. Fire, Sana. Kabaka, Mangi, Masuri. Bring him up and carry him to our house. Uh, yes, yes, we don't want him to recover in front of the natives. Yes. Then make quite a ceremony carrying him to his house. We can bring this black gentleman to our turn. That ought to get the fake, Professor. I think so, Clayton. He evidently thinks that he's going to die, so it's natural that he'll agree to our terms. Goodness, oh, what are our terms? Getting us out of this confounded village. Isn't that a little too fast? It can't be too fast for me. I don't see how anyone could possibly want to linger. Perfectly true, Clayton. But if we can inveigle these natives into helping us find Jane, that would be the best solution, would it not? By Joe, I say. That's an idea. And also, since we are embarked on a campaign of deceit, we might as well do it properly. Now, no, monsieur, uh, do you not think that in order to impress our native friends further, we should in the future be able to tell exactly what it is they want? I do not understand, monsieur. I simply mean, if the witch doctor will tell us beforehand what is required by the tribe, then we can forestall their asking and do what they require, insofar as they know, because of our second sight. Yeah, I can tell you now what their main complaint is. Oh, yes, what is it? What is it? it is rain! They have been through a lengthy period of talk. And that, for our first problem, seems to be quite a favor. Yes, I don't believe that even we can make rain for them. No, monsieur. But if you will handle the necessary ceremonies, I can tell when you may expect the rain. Of course, with my accoutrement. In the other hut is my compass, which contains also a barometer. I say, this writer seems to be coming to his end. Then we had better start about exacting the required promises. and his party work over the now thoroughly frightened witch doctor, Jane Porter sits on the platform in the trees, watching Tog, the ape left by Tarzan to guard her, as he hunts for beetles at the base of the trees. Tog looks up when he hears Jane call his name. That this white hairless she should be able to call him by name does not surprise him, but that she does not understand him, nor help him search for the grubs he considers delicacies, that's something he cannot understand. <coughs> Again, Tog looks up. A sinuous mottled length whips itself from the surrounding green and twines itself about Tog's massive shoulder. 
Will his father sneak, kill Tog? What will happen to Jean during Tarzan's absence? This is an American Gold Seal production. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Novels by Edgar Rice Burroughs, with Mr. James H. Pierce as Tarzan and Miss Joanne Burroughs as Jane Porter. Jane Porter saves Tog, one of the great apes, from Hister's deadly coils by killing the snake with her revolver. The sound of the shot carries to her father and his party at the cannibal trial, where they have convinced the cannibals that they are great medicine men. Believing that the shot signals the return of the cruiser, the white party induces the witch doctor to take them to the temple cave. From there, they feel that they can escape to join the cruiser. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. Quite an air of almost celebration. Uh, yes, of course, Clayton. Uh, these blacks are so absolutely sure that we will be able to return this lost spirit to the money, which, of course, they believe will bring rain, that, uh, well, look about see the pitiable condition they are in as a result of drought. Yes, but don't forget, the more they think of us now, the worse our position will be when they discover the fraud. And discover it, they will. Why should they, Philander? Why? Because we won't be able to bring the rain, for one thing. For another, that witch doctor is not going to give up his supremacy without some effort to distract it us. Well, I wasn't in sympathy with the scheme at first. But now I think the witch doctor is so completely out of it that I have some hope. Uh, why, uh, by the way, uh, why don't we start for the tea? Uh, where is Dalno? He's getting ready. Talking to the witch doctor when I left him. You know, I think it's rather peculiar that we haven't heard any more shots. I mean, I thought at first that they might have been fired as a signal. On the other hand, Clayton, it's quite possible that another safari is in the neighborhood. I don't think that's likely. I've never heard of a white man exploring this particular part of Africa. It's so very inaccessible. Uh, what about big game hunters? Mm, possible, but hardly probable. When we know that big game can be found in other places, much easier to reach. Yeah, come, Monsieur. All is ready. We can proceed on our way. 
Give it. Use your right. At the hut and do not mention it. I, I had quite an argument with the witch doctor. He says that if we are as good as we claim, we do not need the white man's guns. I was suspicious of that witch doctor. He had a very nasty look in his eyes. Well, the only thing to do, Monsieur, is to go on and hope that some better situation presents itself. I shall suggest, however, that you each hide your revolvers, so that if the witch doctor insists upon taking the rifles, he may not think of the smaller arms. We should have killed that blighter when we had the chance. Uh, perhaps, Monsieur, is right, but come, we are ready. <laughs> Uh, 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 Garo, have you any idea as to how far this escape might be? Not exactly, Monsieur le Professeur, not exactly, but it cannot be far. The natives go and come quite frequently. And also, the natives do not enter the cave. It is taboo. At least that's something to be thankful for. I hate the very sight of Really, it's quite amazing how one steps out of the clearing about the crawl and steps, as it were, right into virgin jungle. Ah, uh, uh, the witch doctor is certainly keeping his eye on us. He watches our every move and, and almost listens as though he understood what we were saying. But uh, perhaps he does. Uh, not the words, monsieur, but the thoughts. If I may offer my advice, I should say as little talking as possible. Back on the platform in the trees, Jane and Tarzan watched the jungle awaken to a new day. The night mist still hangs in shadowy festoons about the treetops. The animal trails, black gashes in the forest by night, are now alive with the scurrying, padding, shuffling noise of feet as the jungle brutes make their way to the water holes. Distant mingled roars rend the forest hollowness as Numa and his lion pack clear a pathway to the pool. Another jungle day, white skin. All pretty much alike. Something gets killed, or just escapes being killed. Numa, they were cheetah hungry. Kill, eat. Of course, that's nature. They have to kill something when they're hungry. But what I don't like is... The idea that I may someday provide a need at near dinner for Numa or some of his companions. Jane got gun. Kill Numa. Hey, boy. No, white skin. A revolver is not of much use against Numa or any other really big beast. With the mention of the gun, Tarzan is reminded that his supply of arrows is low. He points to the almost empty quiver. White skin go. Black village. Get arrows. Come back quick. This time, Jane go too. Jane no go. Black village. Jane frightened. Black man eat. I don't doubt I'll be frightened. But I'm not going to be left alone this time. If father is there, no, no, white skin, Jane's goal. That quality which brooks no refusal is apparent in Jane's voice. And so Tarzan, with a gesture of resignation, picks Jane up in his arms and starts off into the upper jungle terrace. Although Tarzan's graceful swings and deft catches are leisurely, Jane feels herself being borne along at breathtaking speed. Through the occasional sparseness of the treetops comes the darting rays of tropic sunlight, the cloudless blue of azure skies. The never-ending chatter of monkeys, the ceaseless chirping of birds, and the intermittent howls of the larger beasts are almost commonplace to Jane. And it is with a shock that the girl realizes it. Before, when she had allowed herself to think, her wishes had been fathered to the thought that each day would bring rescue. Now, she's almost accepting the inevitable. She feels her heart beat faster. She grows almost panicky. Much as she likes white skin, to think of ending her days in this vicious, terror-ridden jungle, the thought almost overcomes her. She feels herself being gently shaken, opens her eyes and looks below. There is the cannibal village and the pile of blacks disappearing into the jungle. Tarzan lowers Jane to a broad branch. Jane, stay. White can go below. No, Jane go below too. Without a word, Tarzan again takes Jane in his arms and with noiseless, effortless ease, carries her to the ground. Jane looks about, finds herself within the stockade of thorn and bamboo. The place is deserted, quiet, too quiet for comfort. 
Oh, black man, he go. Go away. Yes, let's look around. I wonder, I wonder what's in here. Yes, I can. You'll have to bend down into this part. Oh, my white friend. Look, Daddy's nervous. I sort of missed the nervous thing. And then, that little toddler fell. Father? Yes? Father no kill. What do you mean? How do you know? Black man kill, Father. Black man take all these. Yes, and they may be in I'm going to look. Wait, Jim. Go get arrows. Jane, go and many huts. Tarzan makes for the chief's hut where he knows he will find a plentiful supply of arrows. Jane goes from hut to hut, finding nothing until she comes to the one in which the arms are piled. She takes another revolver from the heap of arms and continues her search. Now only one hut remains. She's almost despaired of finding her further trace of her father. She bends down to enter the last hut. A warning feeling of danger stops her. She steps back, but too late. A black arm shoots out. It grips her about the neck. She struggles and tries to cry out. The black pulls the girl into the hut. Jane kicks out with her foot. Oh! There's a howl of agony. The strangling grip relaxes. She screams and... Meanwhile, Professor Porter and the party have reached the cave, which the natives call their temple. Not very inviting, is it? No, no place, sir. But I can count for a life of me seeing how one can get into the cave. Not unless we jump through that solid stream of tumbling water. And one slip. <sighs> Down into that boiling pit of seething water. Of course, we can't tell. There may be a lake just behind the waterfall. All we would get would be a good soaking. Well, Mr. Witch Doctor, going right ahead. And I think I once said that what that black blighter can do, so can I. He looks very much as if we were right, uh, you were right uh, in your surmise, Philander. See, uh, the witch doctor jumped right into it and threw it. Then here I go. Come, Monsieur the Professor, Monsieur Philander. I'm too old for this sort of thing. Oh, come on, come on, Archimedes. It's quite a short jump. Come on. Quite a place. And incidentally, flooding with water. Uh, yes, and I don't care how quickly we get out of it. I don't think you'll find Jane here. No, no, monsieur, of course not. But the witch doctor was so, so insistent that we come here that in order not to precipitate anything, I thought we had better comply. Of course, of course. And in fact, now that we know that the natives will not come in here, I think it's very necessary that we arrive at some sort of a definite agreement with this witch doctor. Well, where is it? I can't see a blessed thing. Except the roof of this place seems to be mile high. I myself cannot see any too well either. Uh, but the, the witch doctor was standing by me just a moment ago. Just a moment, I'll strike a light. I have, uh, at least I think I have, a box of matches. Uh, here they are. Now, what a huge place. Here, Philander, hold the light close to this wall beside me. Uh, isn't this strange? Uh, that's it, Philander. Uh, another matter. Oh, right, 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 right. Right. Uh, look here. Uh, run your hand over this design. Look to see. You can follow the outline with your hand. Evidences of an ancient people. Uh, another matter. The design is influenced by the Egyptians and somewhat Semitic. Evidence of more than that, Professor A. What, Clayton? The witch doctor. And disappeared. But that's impossible, Creighton. I've been standing here all the time. He couldn't get out without passing me. Well, he's not here. There must be some other way out. Monsieur Clayton is right. It is one thing to jump down six or seven feet into a cavern. It is something else to try to jump out. You think? You mean... 
that we're in a fact exactly, Professor. And like a bunch of children, we not only walk into it, we jump in. Can Tarzan reach Jane in time? And what of the professor and his party? Can they get out of the trap laid by the crafty witch doctor? This is an American Gold Seal production. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. by Edgar Rice Burroughs with Mr. James H. Pierce as Tarzan and Miss Joanne Burroughs as Jane Porter. Professor Porter and his party, assuming the roles of powerful medicine men, have entered the sacred temple cave of the cannibals, only to learn that they're in a trap. Jane Porter, meanwhile, has induced Tarzan to take her to the cannibal kraal when he goes seeking arrows there. They find evidence that her father and his party have been there. Searching the hut for her father, Jane is seized by a black arm. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. James screams, carries the Tarzan at the chief's hut. Tarzan jumps out into the clearing, speeds across the stockade, reaches the last hut and bursts into the opening. With a blood-curdling yell, Tarzan grips the black holding Jane. He twists the warrior's arm back. The black screams with agony, but he lets Jane go. Another black leaps on Tarzan's back, but the ape-man lunges forward, throws the black over his shoulder, catches him by the foot, and with a mighty swing, throws the terrified native into the open. Tarzan lifts Jane from her feet. He darts out of the hut and makes for the tree overhanging the palisade. He's too late. The black hunting party files in through the gate. They're between Tarzan and the tree. Put me down, Watson. We'll both be killed. Coleman Ganny no killed yet. Jane, no frightened. The blacks close in. Tarzan stops running, places Jane on her feet, and turns to face them. One big black throws back his arm to hurl a spear. The blacks swarm over Tarzan like so many ants. By sheer weight of numbers, they pull the ape man to the ground. Tarzan struggles, but a half dozen blacks hold grimly to each arm. They pick him up, tie him with his own grass rope, and throw him into a hut. A powerful black has seized Jane. She struggles to escape, striking futilely at her captor. Let me go, you brute! Oh, don't, don't! Fight him! Fight him! <laughs> In the mummy cave, Professor Porter, Darno, Clayton, and Philander are looking for the witch doctor or a way out of the cave. Do you not think, Darno, that we might make an effort to get out as we entered through the curtain of water? Certain death, monsieur. Naturally, we have no way of drawing that when we came in. But no, monsieur, we cannot possibly get out that way. <laughs> Get out. The sooner we do it, the better. Of course, of course. 
And at the same time, if we do get out of here quickly, we can pretend that we had no trouble. The other exit must be at the back of the cave, behind the altar. Mais pourquoi? Why, monsieur? The cause of which doctor didn't pass me on his way out. But that I'm positive. Ah! Archimedes! Yes, dear Archimedes. Look here, look here. This relief carving, similar to that on the wall of the sacred way in Babylon. This is no time for Lander to be talking of carving. We should be his wife. Lander, I do believe you've hit upon it. Let us investigate further. Mais, monsieur, I do not understand you. We should... I knew they were both badly bitten by the archaeological bug, but I didn't think it would be that bad. Uh, but, Clayton, you fail to understand the significance. The only thing that I understand is that we must get out of here. Quickly! Now, Clayton, have you found a way out yet? Well, no, of course not. Well, then. Now, look, Professor, the similarity of treatment is too obvious. Again, if your assumption is correct, follow the free this way. Here, Professor. Crude, but understandable. The weighing of the soul. Yes, yes, Philander. And the liberation, and Professor, as you know, is the symbol of everlasting life. And if we are right... <laughs> There's that weird noise again. The hunting party that left us returned to the kraal and captured the white devil guard and the white men's staff. And here we are, trapped in this hole. If I ever lay hands on that witch doctor... Yes, of course, Clayton. Now, calm down, calm down. We all realize our mistakes after we've made them. Uh, now, hurry, Philander. Let us test the accuracy of our deductions in finding a means of escape. Escape? I thought the last ten minutes we've been following signs which we are sure point to a way of escape. Uh, yes, yes. Come, Philander. Push upon the symbol of everlasting life, the X sign in the free. I am pressing, Professor, and if we are right, the press harder, Philander. Yes, yes, harder. Yes, Archimedes. <laughs> there, it's opening. Come, Clayton, come down, though. Here I hope is our means of exit. Well, I'll be eight no, astounding, Monsieur. How Philander's lead, gentlemen. Archaeological knowledge is not without classical merit. Fear is getting more pure. Come on. How do Come you on. Yes, we did not get. We follow the fires of relief, depicting the escape of the soul from the netherworld, on the assumption that if there were an outlet, he could lie this way. And quietly. But how did you know? What did you touch to swing the stone open? The symbols were a mixture of Akkadian and Egyptian, and we saw a rude impression of the Egyptian sign of everlasting life. The anchor, a cross, suspended by a circle. The circle was in relief, and the lander pressed up. Right! Right, right! Look, right! 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 Yes, yes, everything is clear. Just as I told you, I can see the ocean. Uh, yes, yes, we must be quite high up. Uh, that was somewhat of a climb. Uh, voila, see, there is no sign of our ship. Then, 
Then the shots we heard must have been from other Swari. Oh, oh, Jane. Jane? Yes, Jane. If we, monsieur, there is the kraal. And the natives making for it on the run. Uh, then there is a little or no chance of discovery. All right, Professor. Let's get to the stockade as quickly as possible. Back at the kraal, Tarzan and Jane lie bound in the same hut. Around the sacrificial altar with its awesome fire, the natives dance in wild confusion. Tarzan struggles with his bonds, but the natives have tied him with his own grass rope, the rope which is strong enough to withstand the struggles of Numa the lion. Fight him. Yes, Jane. Jane frightened? Of course, fight him terribly. What do you think he will do to us? Jane. Jane, no talk. Little more. Fight him go. What? What are you going to do? Tarzan rolls across the floor of the hut. He may not be able to burst the strands of his own grass rope, but the ape man knows that with his teeth, he can make short work of the rope which binds Jane. Jane, stay. No move. White skin, heat rope. Wait, you can't do that. Fight again. Jane, no talk. No move. Tarzan grips the strands of Jane's rope in his strong white teeth. If only he had togs or toblacks, strong, pointed fighting fangs. It's very white skin. I, I believe you'll make it. Little by little, the ropes loosen. Jane frees one arm. Now the other is unbound. She pulls her arms free, bends down, and unwinds the coil about her feet. Now for you, white skin. I'm free. Let me untie your arms. Oh, all these knots are so tight. No, quick. Break rope, not quick. I understand. More hurry. Let's feed. My fingers are all thumbs. Oh, there. Can you move? Tarzan is free. He goes to the opening of the hut, moves aside the covering mat. He sees a big black coming toward the hut. Jane, no move. Down, down. As he talks, Tarzan climbs onto the frame over the entrance. Jane throws herself to the floor. The black thrusts aside the mat, enters. Tarzan drops on the warrior's shoulders. The black tries to scream, but Tarzan's steely fingers choke the sound in the cannibal's throat. In a second, it's over. Tarzan takes the warrior's bow and arrows, his spear. Then he bends down and picks up the limp figure. From the ape man's throat comes the victory cry of the bull ape. The natives momentarily are paralyzed. In that bare second, Tarzan raises the black high above his head and with a mighty heave, casts a warrior into the staring faces of his fellows. Quickly, Tarzan drops to his knees. He picks up the bow and arrows. Jane takes her place at his side. She clutches the revolver she'd taken from the native hut. Only five shells, Whiteskin, but I'll make everyone count. Whiteskin got plenty arrows, killed plenty black men. The blacks recovered from their surprise are advancing on the hut. Jane's revolver spits once. A black crumbles to the ground and by his side another. The warriors surge forward. One of the chief's men shouts to them that they, they captured the white devil god once before and they can do it again. Tarzan's hail of arrows and Jane's shots take their toll. The mob hesitates. Another and another. Another arrow finds its mark. The blacks turn. They make for the shelter of the stockade. All but the chief's son. With a ghastly, vicious laugh, he takes a handful of straw from one of the huts. He ties it to the shaft of an arrow, plunges it into the sacrificial fire, fits the arrow to his bow. In a flashing arc of flame, the arrow wings its way across the clearing, buries itself in the dry, thatched roof of the hut. Fire priests up the tinder dry straw, spreads rapidly, and with a flash, the hut bursts into flame. Tarzan and Jane escape those crackling flames. With Professor Porter, Philander Clayton, and Donald see the flames in time to help? This is an American Gold Seal production. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
Tarzan of the Apes, from the novels by Edgar Rice Burroughs, with Mr. James H. Pierce as Tarzan, Miss Joanne Burroughs as Jane Porter. Professor Porter's party, posing as powerful medicine men before the cannibals who have captured them, escaped from the cave temple where the witch doctor tried to trap them. Meanwhile, Jane Porter has persuaded Tarzan to let her accompany him on his visit to the cannibal kraal in quest of arrows. They're surprised by the blacks and take shelter in a hut. The chief's son shoots a flaming arrow into the hut, setting it on fire. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. Cast a lurid glow over the compound. The blacks leap and yell as they circle the fire trap. At last, they've caught this white devil god of the jungle. Wilder and wilder grows the dance. At last, their gods will be appeased. At last, the rain gods will send the saving rain. Inside the hut, Tarzan and Jane press back from the opening. The roof above them is a blazing inferno. The heat is intense. Tarzan glances through the opening. The natives are in front, dancing and yelling, waiting for them to make their break for safety. The rows of upraised, glittering spears and pointed arrows show the ape man the futility of any attempts to leave that way. What? What do we do, I can't stand this heat and Tarzan does not answer. A quick glance at the roof showed him that in a few seconds it will fall in on them. He grasps the strand tying the pieces of matting to the upright poles, tears some of the matting away, and looks outside. The path to the rear of the hut is clear. In a moment he has the hole big enough to crawl through. But why, Jim? Should we go that way? They'll kill us just the same. Tarzan forces himself through the break in the hut, pulls Jane after him. The crackling, licking yellow tongues of flame between him and the natives hide him as he crouches low and bits Jane in his arms. With the speed of a deer, he crosses the clearing to the witch doctor's hut and disappears into the darkness. Now, Jane, no more frightened. But how will we get out of here like this? Oh, if Daddy would come. If the natives come here, we won't be any better off than before. No talk. Black man no come this hut. Black man, many black men. Look, Jane, white skin, other hut. Yes, I know. They think that we are still in the burning hut. But look, in a minute or two, the whole thing will collapse. Then they'll know we're not there. This hut, devil man hut. Devil man come. White skin killed. Yes, yes, white skin. But that won't help us. Sooner or later, they'll come here. Black man no come. Devil man, but look. And Tarzan takes Jane's arm as he points to the heap of skulls lying on the floor of the witch doctor's hut. Oh, you, you mean it took her sacred to the devil man. Only devil man come here. Black man no come? Yes. Roman Ganning no come. Jane lie down. No talk. White skin look. Tarzan kneels behind the matting which covers the opening to the witch doctor's hut. In one of the other huts, Darno's sailors stand helpless. The blacks have completely surrounded their hut, and every effort they make to leave is balked by jabs from menacing spears. As the fired hut collapses, the gyrating, hideous dancing of the natives becomes more frenzied. Their shouts and yells carry to the jungle, where Professor Porter, Clayton, Philander, and Darno are breaking through the trail with all the speed at their command. Uh-huh. 
have our friends, the witch doctors, to thank for this. If I lay hands on him, it will certainly give me a great deal of pleasure to break his filthy neck. You're right, Clayton. Although I'm not in favor of, of extreme violence, in this case, yes, I, I, I hope you will be in time to save James from any harm that they have had. Yes, we will. Let us hope this white devil god is really what they want. And if they have caught him, as the message said, he will occupy their minds till we get there. From now on, I'll never trust another bat. Not any farther than I can see him. Well, look, look. Do I see flames? Just a sacrificial fire, I think, Professor. No, no, monsieur. That is not the fire at the altar. Come, hurry. That is a hut. I am sure of it. Look, there's the witch doctor. Exhorting the natives to something or other. Can you tell what the natives were shouting about down there? Oh, yes. They say that the white devil god and the white memsar were in the burned hut. Oh, James. My James. In that... Oh, I can't believe! Impossible. There's no sign of anyone having been been burned to death there. You're right, Clayton. Come, Professor. Jane was never in that hut when it burned. Do not say a thing, monsieur. As long as the natives believe that they have perished. Well, the natives can't understand what we are saying. They know perhaps not, but they can understand your attitude. I am going to the witch doctor. Uh, but, Darrow, Darrow, can't we do something? Search the hut for something? That would be fatal, monsieur. If you search the hut, what will you find? Why, why, Jane, of course. But yes, monsieur, and lead the natives directly to her hiding place? No, no, monsieur. Let me try to keep the witch doctor's attention from whatever might lead him to suspect that Jane and the white devil god have escaped. I don't think you can, darling. Look at him now. He knows that they have escaped. He said that the white Memsab was in there, but that she must have escaped. He said more than that, didn't he? Yes. He also said that his magic was more powerful than ours. That it was his magic that brought the devil god here. See, Thomas. I have an idea. Uh, yes, Clayton. Be careful, Clayton. The witch doctor's near, you know. Uh, what is your idea, Monsieur Clayton? If the witch doctor is going to claim the credit, then let's beat him to it and go and see the chief. Uh, I must say, Clayton, I don't quite understand you. We must get to the chief first. Tell him that it was our magic. The magic we made at the cave that brought the devil god here. We might possibly do it, Monsieur. At least it is worth a trial. And furthermore... If we can put that idea over, we can tell the chief that any interference with our future plans will result in some terrible disaster. That, Clayton, is an excellent suggestion. But we should hurry. I dislike very much the thought of leaving here. But, Never. Professor, Jane is obviously not here. Oh, I suppose you're right, Clayton. Quickly, Monsieur, the witch doctor is watching. The witch doctor eyes Clayton with venomous hatred. Instinctively, he feels that the tall man is to be feared. Clayton watches the black as he follows them toward the chief. Clayton turns suddenly, but the witch doctor, sensing the move, runs rapidly ahead of them. In the witch doctor's hut, Jane lies on the floor while Tarzan kneels motionless by the door. Right, then. Don't you think? Can't we leave? Let's try to get your father and settle. Tarzan motions to Jane to lie quiet. The ape man's eyes are fixed on the witch doctor. He knows that if the witch doctor comes to the hut, then the witch doctor would have to be killed. Swiftly and quietly, else the whole tribe will swoop down upon them. Jane Ray, a little more. White skin. Jane, go quick. But White skin, don't you understand? I can't go and leave my father in this terrible village. Oh, of course you can't understand. You don't know what it means. How can I expect you to know how I feel? Tarzan shakes his head. He knows that for either Jane or himself to be seen means death. A horrible, lingering death. Hours of torture preceding the end. He turns to Jane. White skin, 
Jane, go quick now. I can come back. Take father. Tarzan looks toward the chief's hut. He sees Dano gesticulating and arguing with the chief. Now the witch doctor steps forward and tells the chief that it is his medicine that lured the white devil god to the crowd. The natives, satisfied by now that Tarzan and Jane were not in the still smoldering hut, shout to the witch doctor to produce them. Again, Darno steps forward and warns the witch doctor that to interfere with the white man's magic means of terrible and devastating punishment. I told them that if the white devil god could escape from the fire, the witch doctor's magic could not hold him. Almost looks as if you put it over. The chief is plainly puzzled. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. If I only knew what had happened, if Jane has escaped, or if she's still here. Kato, Kitoko, Nari, Kuto, Sanatadawa. What? What did he say? He said, if the chief would wait till he got the lion headdress out of his butt, he would show them on ground big medicine. Tell him, if he fails to produce the devil god, we will sacrifice him. Enough, Philander. But it may make him hesitate. He may turn the whole thing over to us. He says he is now going to consult the spirit that dwells in his butt. Tarzan tenses his muscles as he sees the witch doctor coming toward him. Quickly, he motions to Jane to be ready. The black, grotesque in his hideous garb of leopard skin, thickly daubed with paint, draws closer to the hut. The witch doctor stops. Something has made him suspicious. He moves cautiously in a half circle. Now he sees into the hut. Tarzan escaped the fury of the cannibals again, even if for such a port of Philander, Clayton and Darno are considered as miracle men by the blacks. This is an American Gold Seal production. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. 
I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. of the Apes, from the novels by Edgar Rice Burroughs, with Mr. James H. Pierce as Tarzan and Miss Joanne Burroughs as Jane Porter. Professor Porter, with his party searching the African jungle for his daughter, have imposed themselves as medicine men upon a cannibal tribe, but are virtually prisoners. Jane Porter, rescued from the jungle's perils by Tarzan, believes her father to be at the cannibal kraal. She induces Tarzan to take her with him upon one of his forays to the kraal in search of arrows. Suddenly the blacks swarm upon them and overpower them. No. Are you ready? Hold your breath. A dense column of flame-licked smoke rises from the sacrificial fire. Circling, chanting natives, fearsome in their tribal ornaments, loom black and grotesque against the ruddy glow. Their frenzied howling has given way to a rhythmic chanting. For now the white devil god, as they call Tarzan, lies bound and helpless, and with him the white memsah. In a short time, a very short time, when the moon is full, the white devil god will lie on the hot stones. The rain god will approve, and the terrible drought will end. Cadence of the drums rises and falls. The blacks circle faster and faster. In the hut where they have been thrown... Jane and Tarzan lie listening. Well, Whiteskin, as Bethel would say, it was a good fight how it lasted. Jane hurt? I really don't know, Whiteskin. I can't move, and I'm one big ache from head to toe. But I don't believe there are any bones broken. Whiteskin hurt? No. A little more rope break. White skin break, Jane rope. White skin, Jane, go quick. Oh, I'm glad you feel that way, White skin. I don't think we will get out. And strange as it may be, I'm almost reconciled. I expect to be killed, and that's all there is to it. No, no. Jane, no kill. White skin break rope. Quick, White skin, Jane, go away. Black man, no kill, quick. Little kill. Little kill. Many little kill. Then, big kill. Oh, I suppose you mean torture. A little at a time before they kill. Yes, that's what worries me. I'm like Daddy now. I don't mind being killed, but I have a horror of being tortured. Tarzan strains at the ropes binding him. This time, the blacks have not used his own grass rope, and the ape man feels sure that when he can exert the necessary power often enough, the ropes will part. He relaxes, slides himself on the ground, trying to work the now loosened ropes to a position where his muscles can exert more pressure. I, I can't see you, White Skin. What are you doing? A little more rope break. Oh, I wish I had your courage, your determination, but I haven't. I suppose I never should have come along in the first place, but, well, oh, I couldn't let Father start off on a trip like this alone. Father? Yes, White Skin. You don't know what I'm talking about, of course, but it does me good to rattle on like this, so I won't have to think. How are you getting along? A little time, a little more. 
Tarzan's corded arm muscles swell to their fullest as he exerts his utmost strength against the fibers. The straining ropes give. Loosen. Tarzan relaxes, lies quietly a moment, and renews his attack upon his bond. Oh, I think you're wasting your time, white skin. I'm tied up so tightly, hand and foot, that I can't even budge a strand of these ropes. Shh. Why is it, white skin? Go, Mangani, come. Jane, don't talk. The witch doctor enters the hut, bends down, and covers Jane's face with a piece of matting. At the witch doctor's orders, the two blacks take Jane from the ground and carry her out. Tarzan lies motionless. If they'd only been a few minutes later, he'd have been free. The blacks leave and carry Jane to a hut closer to the sacrificial altar. Meanwhile, Professor Porter, Clayton, Darno, and Philander are in their hut discussing the situation. without that confounded witch doctor following us. We might find out where Jane is held. She is certainly in one of these huts. Uh, yes, Clayton. Although we have established ourselves as powerful medicine men, we apparently have no more freedom than when we were captive. May, that is just it, monsieur. We have not convinced the chief in spite of all our magic. He regards us only as human beings or those superior ones. While we are in no immediate danger of the cooking pot, the situation is vastly different in regards to Jane and, and shall I say, Tarzan of the uh, Yes, yes, Philander. We stand and talk when I feel that we should be doing something, anything. But, Monsieur le Professeur, it is wiser, is it not, to await the arrival of Nakido? I'm not so sure, Donald. Are you certain that Nakido can be trusted? If we do not trust Nakido, Monsieur, what shall we do? Start a search of the hut? I know. Of course, we know that's impossible. We can't even move outside this one without an escort of blacks following us. Exactly, Monsieur. And it is possible that Nakido knows where Mademoiselle Jane is. Quiet. I hear someone coming. Shh. Perhaps Nakido. Kapaka, Pengo, Nakai, Pago, Kilini. The witch doctor. Kako, Kilini, Masai, go now. Says that the white devil god is to be sacrificed tonight. I told him that the rain god will not send rain if he performs the sacrifice, that we must perform the rite. Uh, Jane, wh- what did he say of Jane? Nothing? Mimtab, Manaba, Shanari. He said that, that, well, that Mademoiselle Jane killed his people and must die, but that we shall decide the manner. But, good heavens, Darlow, Jane. Sacrifice? Of course not, monsieur. We shall not allow the witch doctor. This idea of his allowing us to decide the manner of Mademoiselle Jane's death is only an effort on his part to convince the chief that we are faking. Then what are you going to do? Does anyone among you suggest anything? I admit that I can't. No, I don't know. If we, monsieur, I shall make a suggestion. The witch doctor has put it fairly up to us. Very well. We shall apparently fall in with his plan. But you can't mean go ahead with the sacrifice. To all outward appearances, yes. I'm afraid, very much afraid, that the witch doctor will see through your scheme, Donald. I expect him to. But we must devise a plan whereby even if the witch doctor does know that we intend saving Mademoiselle Jane, we can surprise him by the method and effect her escape. One thing, Donald. Remember, we do not know where Jane is. Therefore, we cannot let her know what our plan is. I have thought of that. We shall tell the witch doctor to bring Mademoiselle Jane here or lead us to her and under the guise of performing the ceremony, convey our plan to her. Hmm. It might work. Uh, it sounds like a slim hope down roof. At any rate, let's have the witch doctor in and try it. And remember, no matter what Mademoiselle Potter says, pretend to ignore her as long as the witch doctor is present. I shall go and get him now. Good luck, old man. Uh, and now, Professor, we must think of something to do. Some sort of will. 
anything that will give us a chance to get Jane where we can defend her if it does come to a fight. Uh, do you suppose that if we were to turn a half a dozen of those rockets through... Oh, I'm afraid not, Professor. There are two men in ages here now. And in any case, the gate of the stockade is too far removed from the fire. And that gate is closed. And before we can open it, it will all be over. Yes, yes, of course. I know I'm acting like, like a drowning man clutching a straw. Oh, that, that, Professor, you're no worse off than the rest of us. At least, that was a suggestion. Ah, here's Jarno. Uh, the witch doctor says he will bring Mademoiselle Jane to this for good. But his manner suggests that he is suspicious of our intention. Even if he is, it'll be all. Oh, I can hardly wait to see Jane. Even if, even if it's all over. Till the next few minutes. <laughs> Tarzan writhes and struggles. Now the ropes are loose. He tries to work them into the right position. He's strained to tenses. There's a snap. A strand gives way. Another snap. His right arm is free. He pulls the rope from him. He's on his feet. The ape man takes the longest piece of rope, loops it about his arm, and goes silently to the opening of the hut. The black, watching outside, stoops to listen. He sees Tarzan, opens his mouth to yell, but Tarzan's fist shoots out, catches the black full in the chin. Without a sound, the warrior crumples to the ground. Tarzan makes his way to the witch doctor's sanctuary. He goes inside. Ah, his knife lying on a leopard skin. He takes the knife and creeps to the door. There, he sees the witch doctor going to the hut, where Jane lies bound and gagged. Like some unshriven thing, the misshapen monster bends down and enters the hut. Tarzan stands motionless. The witch doctor emerges, carrying Jane in his arms. The ape man crouching moves swiftly in pursuit through the shadows between the huts. The rope is at his side. The witch doctor, unconscious of danger, continues on his way. Tarzan is almost upon him. He swings his rope, whips it about the black's neck, twists and tightens it. The witch doctor hurls Jane to the ground as he throws his arms up to the strangling rope about his neck. A quick jerk on the rope and Tarzan pulls the loathsome beast to the ground. Now, the ape man lifts Jane into his arms. A quick glance shows him the way it's clear to the trees overhanging the palisade. The witch doctor gets the rope free from his throat and struggles to his feet. Circling the fire, stop at the witch doctor's cry. All the natives rush toward the hut. Professor Porter, Clayton, Darno, and Philander fling themselves out into the open. Nay, what? Oh, what is it? Can you see? I, I, I don't know. The natives are all coming this way. Look! There! At the edge of the compound! It's Tarzan of the Age! and possibly escape the maddened savages with Jane Porter? This is an American Gold Seal production. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! The Loot Crate video box was with you today, huh? 
Wowzers! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. by Edgar Rice Burroughs, with Mr. James H. Pierce as Tarzan, and Miss Joanne Burroughs as Jane Porter. Professor Porter and his party, searching the jungle for Jane, the professor's daughter, are captured by cannibals. Jane, meanwhile, has been found by Tarzan, who takes her to the cannibal crowd to see if her father is there. They are captured. Tarzan breaks his bonds, rescues Jane from the witch doctor, and carries her back into the jungle. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. <laughs> Once again, he snatches her from out of her very arms. Jane! Jane! Oh, She's safe. Safe, Melinda. What are you talking about? Once again in the jungle with that. Now, Clayton, there's no earthly use acting that way. If Jane has been all these weeks with Tarzan of the Apes, why should she come to any particular harm simply because that pagan person has been able to do what we have failed miserably in attempting? But, but, Melinda, can't you? Do you? Great Scott, man. I'm in love with that girl. And to see her carried away, we wish her quite all we understand. But you must realize that, that whoever that person is, he has rendered the woman you love a great service. I know. I'm so relieved. I don't know what to do, what to say. But Jane, Jane is safe. I wish I could share your, your belief. I'm uneasy. Every minute that Jane is not under our protection. Come, 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 monsieur. You do not know what you are saying. Only one brief moment ago, we were upset. But why? Because Mademoiselle Jane was in direst danger. That danger needs to be transferred to us. Look, undoubtedly, uh, the natives believe us responsible for Jane's escape. Why, why here comes the shiver. Warner, medicine man, he speaks of chief. Warner, save white devil god. I trust you. The witch doctor blames us for this. Uh, we can stop that. Quickly, Monsieur Clayton, grab the witch doctor. Uh, what do you do as I say, Monsieur? I shall take care of it, Chief. All right. Where do I take it? That is Chief. Hurry, Monsieur Clayton. We call. Kabaka, Radawe, Maturi, Bado, Kidogo, Kildini, Nikupa, Takula. Don't seem to believe you, darling. I told them that if the witch doctor had left us alone, our medicine would have brought rain and much food. Here, Donald. What do I do? Lead him forward by that rope around his neck. I shall settle him for good with his tribe and his chief. MZ, Bangotiara, Mashi, Nadawir, Imshai. What is the fellow saying, Donald? He has recognized the rope about the witch doctor's neck as the one with which they bound Tarzan. He says this proves that the witch doctor's medicine is no good. Yes. He'll have a topping time explaining that rope. Look. Look at the chiefs. Don't say, look at the tribe. They're about ready to cook their own witch doctor. While the 
infuriated native surge and circle about the cannibal kraal, Tarzan carries Jane faster and faster, farther and farther into the jungle in the direction of the little platform in the trees. For Jane Porter, the relief at being rescued amounts to a reaction almost hysterical. Oh, my God. I never expected to see daylight again. I thought, I thought that we would both end our days at the stake. Oh, I know I'm rattling on, but you don't know the relief. Why, the jungle is no longer terrible. It's, it's a haven of refuge compared to that horrible village. Jane, all right? Yes, now. I can hardly believe. It doesn't seem possible that we're still alive. That once more, white skin, I'm being held safe in your arms. Jane, no more frightened. No talk. But I must talk, white skin. If I don't talk, I'll scream. I'll cry. I'll make some kind of a fool of myself. Oh, you don't understand. You haven't a nerve in your body. You're, you're superhuman. Sometimes I have to rub my eyes to believe that you're real. Jane, all right now. A little more. Go home. Home. Yes, white skin. I guess you're right. That little platform is as much of a home as I've got now. Oh, white skin. In the excitement of being rescued, I forgot daddy. Dad? Daddy? Father. Back at Black Man Village. Other time, white skin go back. Black Man Village. Take father. Bring father. Jane. Oh, you mustn't. Oh, you can't go back there. Oh, dear, what am I thinking? Yes, you must go back. Father, Mr. Philander, Sasso. Many fathers stopped Black Man Village? Not exactly, White Skin. Oh, I'm too worn out to try to correct that mistake. As long as you understand, that's enough. Down from the upper jungle terrace, Tarzan drops to the familiar clearing about the platform. Carefully but swiftly, his practiced hand grasps the tough vines as his unerring feet find hold after hold on the rough, uneven bark of the thicker branches. Gently, the ape man lowers Jane to the laced branches forming the platform. Jane? Jane, home. Home, Watson. <laughs> I think, in fact, I know that all my friends back home would think I was crazy if they heard that I, I was actually glad to get back here to this place and call it home. Tarzan raises his head. His delicate nostrils quiver as he draws deep breaths of the sultry, torrid air. The ape-man's brows become wrinkled. Jane watches him inquiringly. What's wrong, Watson? Pretty soon, big water comes. Much big water. Rain? You mean rain? Water. Much water. Make better home. Take many leaves. You, you think we'd better improve our shelter? Well, I'll admit that it's not much in the way of a shelter against a tropical storm. White skin get many leaves. Big water come. Jane, no frightened. I don't quite blame you, white skin, for thinking Jane gets frightened at everything. But I'm really not afraid of the rain. It may be unpleasant and nasty to get all wet with no fire to dry up by, but, but no, white skin, no. No, I'm not frightened. White skin, go. Get leaves. Jane, stop here. All right, white skin. You hand them up to me and I'll help you strengthen our roof, if it can be properly called a roof. Jane, help? All right, I'm ready. Goodness, but you're strong. Father Cecil would need an axe or a saw to break through branches like that. Oh, I, I can hardly lift this one up. A little more. Quick. What a cold. Well, I'm doing the best I can. White skin? Yes, Jane. Why can't we go to the hut until the rain passes? What Jane talks? White skin? Jane, go hut. Rain come, rain stop. Come back. Rain come, go hut? Yes. Yes, yes. Rain come. And with never an effort, Tarzan swings back to the platform, gathers Jane to him, and starts off through the trees in the direction of the little cabin built by Lord Greystoke so many years ago. Back in the cannibal kraal, Professor Porter, Melander, Clayton, and Zarno watch the discomfiture of the witch doctor as the natives dance about him and shout their derision as he stands with the rope about his neck, the rope with which he had ordered Tarzan bound. It really would seem as though our vindication was complete. But yes, only of course. A shift of wind, a wrong action, and like a pack of hungry wolves, they will turn on us again. Uh, now that Jane is out of this place, I don't care what. 
Monsieur! Yes, I know Monsieur! Unless my ears deceive me, I heard distant thunder. What? And the natives? The natives are too busy. Sack of nature, though, for a sailor to catch the sound of distant thunder. But I shall make sure. Uh, but how are you going to do that? I'm going to check my glass. The barometer in my equipment at the other hut. I shall not be long. If we can be absolutely sure of rain, then... It almost looks as if fate for once were playing into our hands. Uh, we must make some sort of an attempt at a rain ceremony, then. Uh, we might as well do this thing properly. It's not so much doing the thing properly as it is getting our neck out of the noose. If the rain comes and we do perform the rain ceremony... Here's Dano. What up, Dano? Monsieur, the glass is falling rapidly. We shall have rain. Sir, tell them all. Then we should start as quickly as possible. Yes, there's a chief. I am going to tell him that in spite of the witch doctor's interference, we shall bring the rain. Venge Kililini, Kabaka Maturi, Salinadarias. Monsieur le professeur, do anything. Make signs to heaven. Anything at all that looks impressive. I will assume an air of devotion and walk slowly to the fire. I'll get a flare from that. Go ahead, professor. I'll follow you. Voila, voila, monsieur. We have their attention already. If Clayton will arrive with that flare about the same time as I reach the fire. I will tell him, professor, I see him coming now. Here it is. Right, you! But the sky is blackening. Get on your knees, Clayton, and hand the flare to the professor. Here is the devil fire that thou desirest. As Clayton speaks, he falls to his knees before Professor Porter. The professor takes the flare, setting it in the ground, draws the burning brand from the fire. He lights the flare. The vivid green light flares up, casts a weird, unearthly light over the compound. The natives hold out their hands in an attitude of supplication, and then, with one accord, they begin the chant to the rain god. Black smoke will gather the clouds, and the rain will come. Seal 
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. by Edgar Rice Burroughs with Mr. James H. Pierce as Tarzan and Miss Joanne Burroughs as Jane Porter. Professor Porter and his party searching the African jungle for his daughter Jane are captured by cannibals. In a trial by poison, Philander outwits the witch doctor and the party escapes death. In the jungle, Tarzan called to settle a dispute among the apes leaves Tog, a bull ape, to guard Jane. While Tog hunts grubs at the base of a tree, his father snake whips himself about the great ape. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. Jane Porter stumbles to the edge of the platform. With wide staring eyes, she looks down on the deadly combat below. His father snake, secure in his anchorage, but the south branch draws Tog tighter and tighter in his struggling, crushing, whining coil. Tog strikes and claws, trying in vain to free himself from the twisting, writhing horror. Tog beats futilely at empty air. The snake's jaws are dangerously close to the great ape's neck. Tog throws up a mighty hairy arm. The snake hits her, draws back, and tightens his coils. Jane watches horrified as Tog's struggles grow weaker and weaker. Tog yells and screams, grow fainter and fainter as the horror of the jungle hissed tightens about the great ape's massive chest. Oh, if I can only get to him in time. Fight, Tog, fight. I'm coming to help you. Jane remembers her revolver. If only she can get close enough to shoot the snake without killing Tog. Jane swings from the platform as she has seen Tarzan do so many times. She drops. Her slender arms reach out to catch a lower branch. She holds it. The rough bark cuts and bites into her hands, but she holds on. Her feet reach for a yet lower limb. They touch it quickly. She drops again. Now, she's on the ground. Jumping aside, she misses the darting, swinging sweep of the snake's head. Again, hits the strikes. Jane holds the revolver at arm's length. The snake snaps at her hand. She presses the trigger. Again and again, the bullets tear into the repulsive head. Tog is deafened by the explosion so close to his head. As far as I'm swinging his way back from the dum-dum, the shots mean danger. Danger to Jane. With terrific speed, he flashes through the treetops. Swaying branch and bending limb, he beneath his sure foot and accurate hand. He draws closer to the clearing. Down, down through the dense, spreading foliage, he drops like a meteor. The Virgil ends. In the light-flooded clearing, he sees Jane, gun in hand. Jane! Jane! Oh, what did I? I think I killed it. I hope Tog is all right. Just make attack him. I, I shot it. Jane killed Hister? Jane bundle of Hister? Tog? Tarzan steps forward and helps Tog free himself from the now-relaxed coils. Tog shakes his huge head in an effort to rid it of the ringing sound caused by the shot. <laughs> Tog, talk. Like Jane, many, many... Jane kill Hister? Jane, no more frightened. White skin like many, many. Thanks, white skin. I, I'm all upset, but, but I'm glad that I was able to save Todd's life. Oh, I hate to kill anything, but I hate snakes worse. All jungle afraid, Hister. Yes, the beastly thing. I don't wonder that all the jungle fears them. Is Todd all right? Jane turns to find Todd grasping the snake in his hands. The great ape examines the dead reptile with mystified eyes. He knows that Jane killed it, but how? He twists and turns the dead snake about. Then he turns to Tarzan. Tog, look, see what killed Hister. Jane, shoot gun. Bundle, Hister. I wonder. 
Now is my opportunity to prove that with a gun I am able to defend myself. I am to be feared by skin. Yes, Jane. Jane want talk, look, see. Jane, shoot gun. Numa, shita, any jungle frighten Jane. Jane, shoot. White skin, talk, talk. Talk. Jane, same as white skin. Numa, stay boy, Kerchak, frighten. Jane, kill quick. Yes, white skin. And I'm going to show Tog. Jane, shoot gun. Tog, look, see why kiss kiss a kill. Tog, get all move. Come on, Gany. Come, stay loose in bungalow. Look, Tog, trees. As Jane raises the gun and points it at a distant tree, Tog claps his hairy hands over his ears to shut out the sound he knows will come. Tog ambles forward and tries to dig the bullet from the plowed-up bark of the tree. Tarzan picks Jane up in his arms and starts back to the platform. Jane smiles, for she knows that Tog will tell the ape tribe of the killing. Knows that from now on, she, Jane Porter, is a power to be reckoned with in this vast African jungle. In their hut in the cannibal kraal, Professor Porter, Philander, and Clayton are recovering from the effects of the poison cup. Lying in the center of the hut is the witch doctor. Eyes glazed, hideous wrinkled face drawn, and bending over him threateningly, Lieutenant Arno. Did you make any headway, Dano? As much as could be expected with this jackal. I threatened him with the fire, the cooking pot, everything I could think of in his native tongue. What did you say, Dano? I mean, what sort of promise did you get out of him? As to promises, monsieur. For such as they are, he promises to leave us alone, to use what influence he has left in promoting our interest with the chief. And what of my jane, he says that she will not be harmed. Ah, then that at least is something. Yeah, but not to be relied upon, Monsieur the Professor. That is something beyond the witch doctor's power. Not more, Monsieur. If Mademoiselle Jane ever falls into the hands of these savage after what has happened, but then that is what we must prevent. And here are some things that will help prevent them. Ready, Donna, we are listening. In the first place, the most important thing to the cannibals is rain. Yes, rain, but, but how? Just what I was thinking, Professor. Making rain is not one of my accomplishments. Every more, Monsieur, too. But the native's own stupidity will help us out. Are you sufficiently recovered from that poison to travel? I believe I am. By the way, Donna, do you know what that beastly stuff was or is? Uh, we, it is made from the bark of a tree. A vile tasting infusion, but not deadly. Well, I knew that because the witch doctor drank it. But how did the witch doctor expect us to die if he didn't? Uh, Monsieur Clayton, the witch doctor has played on the credulity of these natives until they thoroughly believe that this witch's brew is poison. The effect on them, believing that they will die if they drink it, is that they actually die. And the witch doctor thought that he would uh, be successful with us? That is it, but that is fast. The main point is, I have information that will, I am sure, get us out of here. Oh, I've heard that so many times. Yes, Monsieur Clayton. I freely admit that had I known that Mademoiselle Porter was not in this compound, we would not now find ourselves in this predicament. But, yeah, what is the use of crying when the milk it is still? And uh, what is this information? The native fairy rock temple, a cave, I imagine. And in that cave is a mummy, which they believe to be possessed by a powerful spirit or demon. A, a mummy? Uh, that is not so extraordinary, Clayton. Numerous mummies have been found in Central Africa. I see no reason why one should not have found its way here. If we are lost, to be brief, the natives believe that the spirit has left the mummy because of some wrongdoing on the part of the tribe. Ah, similar to ancient Egyptian beliefs. 
and the spirit must be returned to the mummy in order to bring rage more. And further, they believe that the spirit has occupied the body of the devil god that haunts them, steals their arrows, and so on. Then we may have these savages on our side, looking for, I still say, Tarzan of the Apes. And eventually, Jane? Uh, when do we start? I knew that you would be anxious, so we shall start. A shot! That means the cruiser must have returned! Quick, Donovan! This temple or cave is it outside the compound? Yes, then tell the natives we must go to perform the ceremonies once! It's a chance to get out of here! Come on! The shot that Dono believed was fired by one of the sailors from the returning cruiser was in reality James' demonstration to Tog, the great ape. Tog has dragged off the dead snake to display it at the ape dum-dum. And Jane and Tarzan, seated on the platform, watch the coming night with its velvet sky and silver shimmering stars settle over the jungle. Listen. Numa, Tabor, hungry, hunt. It may be dangerous and brutal and horrible, white skin. But it is beautiful. Yes, Jane. Jungle frightened, but jungle beautiful. Beautiful. White skin like jungle. Yes, white skin. I can understand that. White skin like Jane. Many, many like Jane. And Jane like white skin. If only you were civilized. If only you hadn't been raised in this jungle. Why would your strength, your wonderful athletic figure, people would turn and look at you anywhere. You'd be the center of admiring eyes. What, Jane? Oh, you wouldn't understand, White Skin. Jane just talked talk to herself. For the first time, I, I almost feel at home. Perhaps, perhaps it's because I'm armed and fought and won. Or again, maybe I feel that not only have I, have I been able to look after myself, but that I've been able to save one of your friends, White Skin. And I feel that I've raised myself in your esteem. What, Jane? You wouldn't understand, White Skin. Your not being able to understand something has its disadvantages. But then, it has its advantages, too. At least, <laughs> I can talk to myself, say what I want to, without, well, being questioned too closely. Falling night softens the stark outlines of the jungle trees. Numa, Saber, all the jungle cats start their prowl for food. But tonight their deep-throated roars mean nothing to Jane Porter. She's safe, happy, contented with Tarzan by her side. She leans back on the platform of twisted branches, relaxed, humming softly to herself as Tarzan, fascinated, watches. Listen. Again, Jane, again. Thank you. 
At last, Professor Porter and his party see a chance to get out of the cannibal crowd. Will they find Jane when they leave, or is the witch doctor planning revenge? This is an American Gold Seal production. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. by Edgar Rice Burroughs, with Mr. James H. Pierce as Tarzan and Miss Joanne Burroughs as Jane Porter. Professor Porter and his party, in trying to rescue the professor's daughter, have been captured by cannibals. But Tarzan has saved Jane from the menacing jungle and takes her to the little cabin in the clearing. Professor Porter, on Darno's advice that rain is near, convinces the natives that he is a great medicine man who can make rain. The whites discredit the native witch doctor, and although Professor Porter's party does not know it, he is even now plotting his revenge. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. At the cannibal trial, Professor Porter, Clayton, Philander, Darno, and his sailors watched the natives gyrating in frenzied abandon about their sacrificial fire. Step back a thousand years. Yes, yes. Quite abusive it is. I do feel as if in some way we are responsible. Look. Do you see them carrying that image to the fire? Yes, yes. And by Jove, it's an effigy of their white devil god. Of this fellow, Philander and Chris, I'm calling Tarzan of the Apes. Garlanded with flowers and leaves. <laughs> this is the ceremony of stealing the soul of Tarzan to bring it back into that effigy. I bring you a beetle leaf to chew. Iwa na papa, ovi la kaba. Iwa na papa, ovi la kaba. Iwa na papa, ovi la kaba. Tap the lime onto it, grip ferocious. No no me, ka ho me wa ki tu karoko. No no me, ka ho me wa ki tu karoko. No no me, ka ho me wa ki tu karoko. For somebody, since distraction, daughter to two. <laughs> Kakore, Mahari, 
Katare Nami Katari Mahari Katari Namu Katari Mahari Katari Nami As you remember your parents, remember me. Katare Vipara Katare Nami Katare As you remember your house and Boma, remember me. Naumi, Nahori, Nahore Nami. that we can depart. Let us get Monsieur Clayton away. Hide, Rich! It's priceless! Stop it! Stop it, Clayton! I can't! I can't! After all our efforts to escape, the gates are open to us! We can walk out! We can walk out! (laughs) Jane! Jane! He's got us! He's got us! The devil god's got Jane! (laughs) Oh, 
I, I, I can't understand this in Clinton. Fever, the African fever. He has been going on his nerves. Let us get into the hut as quickly as possible. Thunder rolls and echoes among the great trees of the African jungle. Inside the hut, Jane Porter and Tarzan watch the downpour from the window. I said that I wasn't frightened at the rain and the thunder. But I don't like thunder like that. Thunder? Big noise? Yes. What do you call it? Mangani call it Pam. Mangani? What is that? Turquoise, Mangani. Hog, Mangani. Gunta, Mangani. Oh, Mangani means great ape. Ape? Great ape? Yes. White skinned man, Tog ape. White skinned Tarmangani. White skinned great white ape, Jane. She, Tarmangani. <laughs> Oh, White Skin, if I live in the tree much longer, I shall be an ape. I wonder. Sometimes I think it wouldn't be so bad after all to live in the trees with... Oh, White Skin, I must be reverting to type. It frightens me. But after all, our rooted four walls are mighty cozy on a night like this. Let's sit down, White Skin, and talk about us. I'll sit in this chair, and you sit here on the floor beside me. My, it seems good to sit in the chair again. What are you going to do with that tin box, White Skin? White Skin, show Jane. Look, Tarzan, as he speaks, lifts from the shelf the metal box. That metal box that once was Lord Greystoke's. The box that contains the proof of Tarzan's identity. Tarzan removes a little trimmer from its hiding place in the box. Jane likes, likes this? I, I don't know. Dear, I suppose, I suppose you want me to read it. And yet how can you? You can only speak what I have taught you. How can you know that this, this quiver is something to be read? White Skin's got more. Tarzan draws the arrows from his quiver. He plunges his arm into the crude leather case and takes out a carefully made package of leaves. The ape man unwraps the leaves and at last holds out to Jane a folded piece of paper. My letter. The letter I wrote to Hazel. Well, I wondered what it come of it. How did you get it? White Skin's take? Yes. White Skin's take. Night time. White Skin's see. White Skin's take. Again, Tarzan reaches into the quiver. He draws out his closed fist, opens it, and looks intently at a tiny object before handing it to Jane. White skin. This, this must be the great oak market. Well, how, how did you find it? Where did you get this? What said will be overjoyed? But I, I can't understand. And I don't suppose I can make you understand either. Jane likes? Jane likes this? Oh, white skin. Of course you have no idea of the value of this. You don't know the tradition of this locket. Lock? Locket? Yes, White Skin. Locket. White Skin, give Jane locket. But, but, but I can't take it. Oh, how can I make you understand? As the tears stream down Jane Porter's face, the crude hut, the rough-hewn tables, the bare walls fade from view. She sees instead the green lawns, the trimmed hedgerows of Greystoke Manor. She sees the long-paneled ancestral gallery. The portrait of the beautiful Lady Alice, the last bride of a Greystoke to wear the locket. The bronze giant at her side takes the golden bauble from her and places the chain about her neck. Oh, my skin, I can't. I must not. You don't know what this means. Only the bride of a Greystoke may wear it. Silently watching stands Tarzan, lord of the jungle. And though he himself knows it not and Jane Porter does not know, Tarzan is Lord Greystoke. Will Clayton's illness prevent the professor and the party from leaving the cannibals? Is Jane about to discover that White Skin is Tarzan of the Apes and Lord Greystoke? This is an American Gold Seal production.
Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!